Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Wellpreneur. What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Podcast. If you cringe when you see cheesy Facebook ads or things talking about lose 50 pounds by just drinking the shake or all those icky like clickbaity articles like you have to make listicles and ugh, all this typical copywriting information, you are going to love today's interview with copywriter and wordsmith Stella Orange. I met Stella last year and I think her work is really authentic and really a fresh perspective on how we can do good and effective copywriting for our business. So that means all of our ads, our promotions, our website copy, our sales pages. Maybe there's a different way than having to feel like scammy and icky and high pressure sales and ugh, all that stuff. Stella's going to set us straight and talk to us about how actually if you're pushing those triggers, if you're quote, touching people's pain, if you're talking about struggle and lack and fear, actually you might be attracting the wrong clients to your business. So this is an episode that's a bit more for slightly more advanced wellpreneurs. So once you've started writing your marketing, maybe you've got your website up, you've started to work with some clients, you know which ones are good for you and which aren't, then you're going to want to listen to what Stella has to say because she'll give you a really fresh perspective on how to approach your marketing and copywriting. As always, you can get all the links of everything we talk about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. Okay, let's get into this interview with Stella Orange. Hey, Stella, welcome to the show. Thanks, Amanda. It's great to be here. So just to give the listeners some background, we met about this time last year at an event in the Philippines. And I just think you're awesome. And you totally helped me afterwards with some of the, the copywriting on my own website. And I've really been wanting to have you on the show, especially now because you're focusing on helping coaches and healers and basically wellpreneurs to be more clear and compelling in their copywriting. I'm sure I said that all wrong, but um, basically I'm psyched to have you here. <laughs> you said it beautifully and the feeling is most definitely mutual. I'm glad to be here. So thanks for hosting me. So tell us what you're up to because we actually haven't talked for like, gosh, eight months or something, six months. And I've noticed like your business has kind of evolved and obviously your branding looks amazing. So kind of give us a rundown of what you're up to right now. Yeah. So I've been in business, let's see, since 2009. So going on eight years now, and I've been a copywriter for other businesses and I still do a little bit of that work. But what I'm really fired up about is being on a soapbox around the fact that you do not need to push on people's fear, their pain, their self-doubt, their anxiety in order to market and sell for your healing, wellness, coaching, consulting business. So I think when we met last year, I was running a community, my Right Club community of business owners, coaches, and healers around the world that get together to shut up and write their marketing together a couple times a month. And then we have, you know, we talk about 
our process and what we're learning and how it's going and we troubleshoot. But what's really come to the fore probably in the last, yeah, in the last year since you and I got together in person is just sending out, it's it's basically sounding the bugle for coaches and healers. You know, the more that I talk to people and travel and give talks and teach, the more I keep hearing how tired coaches and healers and consultants are about being told to touch people's pain in their marketing. And that's kind of the old marketing, like the old school marketing advice. And so one of the reasons people come to work with me, you know, I'm a, I'm a copywriter. I write those big, long sales pages. I've written, you know, six figure email campaigns for myself and for my clients over the years. And so I know how to, I know salesmanship in writing, but one of the things that always steamed my clams was when people would want me to do it in this formulaic and I would say manipulative and dishonest way. And when I started looking underneath the hood at sort of the emotion or the energy underneath the stories that these marketers are telling people through their marketing, it was really horrible. It was like preying on people's low self-esteem or feeling that they couldn't solve their problems themselves. They're almost their desperation or they're seeking of an external authority to solve their problems. And that's just not what I'm about. (laughs) That's not my core value. And I actually believe that the words that we use in our lives and certainly in our marketing for our, our businesses, those words create worlds. And so if we're telling people in our marketing this meta story of how the world is a scary or dangerous place, that has a real measurable impact on people's psychology. And yeah, that stuff works. Like that stuff sells. Absolutely. But I'm a stand for something different, which is, hey, coaches and healers and people who are on a mission to empower other people who believe that, you know, each one of us is our own best authority in our lives. And yeah, we might need help or we might need allies or we might seek, you know, a service professional or a mentor or a guide to help us cross a certain threshold or get where we want to be in our lives. But we really need to take the power dynamic that we're setting up in our marketing seriously. And so you can't tell people like it's it's irresponsible for people like us tell people this meta narrative in our marketing that, you know, they can't do it without us or it's only 1997 for this mastery course even though it's a 6 week totally automated online program. And we all know that like, you can't just get results from listening to an info product. It's all about relationship and about someone helping you get where you want to go. So that's really what I've been up to is, is testing out that message in person. I've been hosting my own events, you know, out in the world with my community and then just continuing to do the work I do in the right club community of showing up and shutting up and writing marketing with people and letting the marketing, like the actual doing of the work, be the teacher and the educator and just holding a space or a container for people to talk out what, you know, the, the negative voices are saying in their heads when they try to write, like, you suck, this is no good, like whatever your eighth grade English teacher told you about how you lack writing ability, like we're exercising those demons and like shining light on that because that's, that's what it takes to move forward in business is a bunch of trial and error and a bunch of like can do attitudes that surround you that are just like, yeah, keep going. Like (laughs) you're going to figure it out. There's no magic formula other than trusting yourself and 
getting better each time you put something out into the world. So what you said in the middle there, I think will really have resonated with people. And it's, I think it's a really juicy topic I'd like to, to dive into, which is all this language about hitting on people's fear and making people feel like they can't do it on their own and feeling kind of like really gross and almost ashamed of what position they're in. That it, which is pervasive in all marketing, especially around health and wellness, especially around weight loss, right? That yes. happens a lot for, for people offering weight loss services. And I think that's the reason that wellpreneurs often say that they don't like marketing and sales because they feel like they have yes. to say stuff like that because that's what you see. And we tend to mimic what we see. And that's what the industry is yes. doing. Yes. Amen. That's exactly it. I think that, and there's also this fantasy world. Like I've, I've done a lot of writing in the weight loss industry. And I still advise, I serve as an advisor to a lot of folks in the health and wellness space. And one of the things that, that coaches tell me all the time is like, oh, but I thought I had to talk about weight loss or I have to talk about this miracle, like drop 30 pounds in 20 days or something. And there's something that just reeks of BS about that. And there's this prevailing notion that many of us have absorbed is that's what we have to do for it to work is make these sensational claims, these hypey claims. And again, that stuff can work for people and that's fine. That's just not who I want to work with and it's not the world I want to see. But for those of us where that feels icky or not in alignment with our core values, I've noticed that, that too many people, you know, health and wellness folks among them, defer to, you know, if they have a paid coach or a paid mentor who says, well, this is how you do it. Or I've had a lot of people come to work with me who have hired digital marketing strategists or Facebook ad gurus or what have you. And even though it violates their own sense of what's right and good, they're like, well, I guess I have to do it because this is what it's going to do. This is what I have to do for it to work. And it's like, at first, like I get that because when I was starting out as a copywriter, I didn't have as much confidence or experience under my belt as I do now. And so I thought that I had to like do copywriting a certain way for it to work. And I downloaded everybody's, you know, free gifts and like read them all of their, their headline formulas. And I was like, oh, this is the way that I have to write a headline if I want my stuff to sell. And basically for me, I'm kind of like a cantankerous person. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I come to this work through the back door, like I'm not trained in marketing. I'm not trained in advertising. I've never worked in, you know, Madison Avenue in the United States as like the big advertising mecca. I come to this work from like, I'm a high school teacher, like a former high school teacher. And I'm a, I used to write for the theater. And so I have a creative writing background. And so I just basically a couple years into my business was like, geez, I, I don't want to write like this. If this is what I have to do, if this is actually what business is about, because I don't have a business background, I'm self-taught. It's like, if I have to do this to get clients, this is not a game I'm interested in playing. And as soon as I said that, then there's this opening that started to, you know, this spaciousness started to open up. And I was like, all right, well, how would I do it? If I don't like people's cheesy headline formulas, because they just sound corny, and like what everyone else is saying, and it just offends my sensibility. What if I do it my way? And I just started to play around with that. And the craziest thing was it actually worked. My stuff sells. I'm an online copywriter and I write it my way. And, you know, for writing a headline, one of the things that I've come to do is like, I, I advise my clients, like imagine you're in a crowded room filled with great clients for you, filled with your ideal clients and picture yourself 
you pull up a chair in the center of the room and there's kind of, you know, side conversations going on. You stand up on that chair, you take a deep breath. What do you say in your biggest stage voice to get those people's attention, to get people to tune in to what you're saying? And it's interesting because when you come from headline writing from this place instead of a formula, all sorts of interesting things come out. And yeah, you've got to, you know, understand you have to be clear about who your ideal client is that you're talking to. And there's definitely work to be done there. Many people aren't clear on who they want as clients. And so I do that messaging work that underpins the actual words that come out of your mouth or go onto the page to connect with and resonate with the right folks. But also this come from, like, I think that copywriting and marketing has been overtaken for far too long with people trying to be like far too clever and like not about the intentions around like transaction or psychological triggers and all of that stuff. But there's this rising army of health and wellness professionals, of coaches, of healers, of consultants that are just like that stuff is dead to us. Like we don't want to do it. And so there's this really great space opening up for many of us around, well, what if marketing itself isn't bad? What if marketing is just a way of outreach, like reaching out, of spreading the good word, like about, hey, your life can be anything you want it to be. And I'm here to help you with that. What if you can be totally yourself and totally genuine with people and still sell well? So that I think is the possibility that I see that I just get, it gets me really excited. And we can talk about like how you get into that. But for years, I was obsessed with this idea of the hero's journey. There was a guy in the 1950s by the name of Joseph Campbell, who basically went into the woods and read a bunch of mythological stories in all different cultural and religious traditions. And he was like, hmm, there's actually this one story that gets keeps being told over and over again. And it's the story of the hero. And I read this, he had a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, where he breaks this down. And, and, and this is actually the story that, that's in a lot of Hollywood script writing at this point. Like George Lucas, when he was writing the original script for Star Wars, he was having trouble getting his script together. And his wife happened to come across the work of this mythologist, Joseph Campbell, and this idea of the hero's journey that in all of these cultures, there's telling the same story about a hero who's trying to stay in her zone of comfort. She's comfortable. She knows where the boundaries are. She knows how the world operates. And then she hears the call to adventure. And at first she refuses the call because she's like, no, no, that's not for me. I'm not ready yet. And then something happens. And in, in playwriting or in dramatic writing, it's called the inciting incident where something happens where she can't go back to the way it was. She must press on and cross the threshold and leave the familiar, ordinary status quo zone of comfort world and go into this special world. You know, and this is the story of, of Star Wars. This is the story of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. This is the story of the Bhagavad Gita. I, I always mess that pronunciation up. This is the story of Moses and the burning bush. And so we see this same story pattern over and over again. And so last year after you and I first met, I actually like outed myself. Like I told my community, I have a, a mailing list and I've been writing copy with people and my clients are very happy and I make them money and all of that. I was like, hey guys, here's how I write your marketing. 
I'm writing your marketing based on this hero's journey idea. You can actually write marketing from this place. And I said, what I'm doing is I'm imagining that I'm talking to your potential client as though they are a hero on their journey and they're not broken. They're completely whole. They're completely mighty. Everything they have, everything they need is already within them. We are just calling them forth to cross that threshold with you to the better life that they, they already feel called to have. And so I didn't know how that was going to work. <laughs> like I was like, am I crazy, you guys? Does this make sense? And so that's really been my path over the last year. Oh, amazing. So I love Joseph Campbell's work. And just as a sidebar, <gasps> oh, he did this. Oh, in this, I think it was the early 80s. He did a Bill Moyers interviewed him. And there's an audiobook yes. version of it. And it is so yes. awesome. I got it on I think the I power it, of myth. Yeah, on Audible or something and just listened. Oh my gosh, it's just such a great conversation about how myth is so similar across the world and history. And oh, it's fascinating. So I definitely recommend that one if anyone's interested. But I love this perspective of treating our potential clients as if they are the hero. Well, we all are, right? We're all the hero in our own story. And so they're a hero that's perfectly whole. And I think that approach is really beautiful. I do wanted to ask something, though. So one thing that you mentioned was about like these really gross. The thing that really irks me is seeing it in Facebook ads. So people will post like these Facebook ads for opt-ins that are like, ugh, like just really just hypey <laughs> and yeah. gross and like, ugh. And, and it's funny because I look at myself and I think, how often do I actually click on something that I see in a Facebook ad? Like very rarely. Like it really has to be, well, maybe if it's, it depends what it is, but if it's like an opt-in, just promoting an opt-in, I mean, it would really have to be pretty spot on. But most of the stuff I see, I cringe when I see it. And so here's what I wanted to bring up. So I think I've thought like, so who are these people that are opting in for that? Because I don't think me or my friends would opt in for some of those really, like really ads that make you feel bad about yourself. So then I've wondered like, you know, if you're paying for this, like, who are the people that you're getting onto your list? Like the people that are resonating with that. Yes. Amen and hallelujah. And so this is the more pragmatic, like there's a sort of emotional appeal that I'm making here, which is like, don't treat other people like that. It's nasty. But there's also a pragmatic thing, which is the quality of your leads, like your prospective client quality increases when you refuse to treat people in this like old marketing clickbaity sort of way, right? So if you look at it, this is a problem that many people come to me to solve because they're like, geez, Stella, like I'm doing all the online marketing stuff, like whether it's Facebook ads or an opt-in page or an email sequence or a website or a webinar. And then they're like, but the people that are showing up to, you know, see about working with me, my potential clients, often what they, what I'm hearing is like, they're not the right people. Like they don't have enough money. They don't, you know, see the value of the investment. They're just not the right fit. And that's the problem with doing this, what I call like doing it the old marketing way. If you seek to connect with people on the level of their stuckness or their struggle or their brokenness or their overwhelm, these are like emotional frequencies of people who are in distress. And if we look at it more deeply, they're also people who aren't doing a great job of getting their own needs met. And that's not a judgment on those people. It's just, it's what it is. So for people like you or who or like me, we like to work with a more sophisticated, a more empowered, 
a more, I want to say evolved, but I'm not sure that's the right word. Like we're seeking a more sophisticated clientele. We can't use the old marketing, that clickbaity Facebook ad stuff, because that stuff tends to attract, you know, I'm in business services. So it tends to attract people who are newer in business services. So they don't have the same level of discernment as someone like you or someone like me or someone who's been, you know, in whatever topic you're, you're looking to get information or growth around, the newer folks will fall for that stuff. People that have more self-trust, who have more discernment, people who are used to getting their needs met and know how to do that for themselves, that stuff is like repellent, as you're saying. Like you, you can't imagine clicking on that Facebook ad. And I think this is the other thing as I, you know, talk to business owners and have this conversation with people around marketing, like it's really cool because you can see people's shoulders. Like when you're, when I'm in a room with people in person, people's shoulders will go from up around their ears where they're tense. They're like, oh, please don't tell me about marketing and how I have to do this X, Y, and Z thing that doesn't feel good to they, when they relax, they're like, oh, I can be me. Like I can actually treat people like in my marketing, the way that I treat my customers and my paying clients, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like, where did we ever mm -hmm. get the idea that we had to like trick people or hide things in order for our marketing to work? Again, no judgment. Like I've been in this boat too. <laughs> I used to write like that as a copywriter, but you know, I've run enough experiments, both big and small to realize authenticity and being real with people is quite disarming you know, you're vulnerable, but it also is a position of strength because you're showing up for being in real relationship with people. Mm -hmm. And so the clickbaity stuff on Facebook, it, it makes me roll my eyes too. But every once in a while, when I'm having a down moment, like I'm really good at what I do, but sometimes I'm like, like I saw someone on Facebook the other day that was like, use my formula to have a seven figure webinar every time. Right. Uh -huh. I, people, people hire me. I just had a call with Bridget Esamont. You, you know her. She hires me to advise her on how to structure her sales webinars. I am a professional. People hire me to advise them on how to structure their sales webinars and how to make their offer and how to, you know, tell interesting stories and make it engaging and useful and also, you know, drive business I teach this stuff and every once in a while when I'm having a rough day or I'm doubting myself, yeah. which mm -hmm. still happens, I will click on someone's dumb Facebook ad to see, well, do I know it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, oh, do they actually know something that I don't? And then they never yes. do. It's never a secret. It's never a big secret. <laughs> that is exactly it. And it's, that's what's so interesting, right? We just want to compare. Do I know? Because like, and if we look at it even more subtly, and I just had this, I, I did an event down in Austin, Texas, end of February, and we were talking about this very phenomenon. And some of my more advanced clients were saying, yeah, because I'm, I'm wondering, am I doing it wrong? If I'm someone that uses webinars as a marketing tactic to grow my business and I'm not doing million dollar deals every time I do a webinar, is there something I'm missing? So this stuff is like insidious, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my beef. And, and for the newer folks that would be interested in something like, like, oh yeah, all I have to do is like sit in front of a computer for an hour and have a million dollar business, sign me up. That sounds great. It creates this illusion, this world of fantasy that plays into people's desire for something for nothing, 
for easy street, like for the shortcut. And marketers know that. And many of them just play to that because it sounds sexy. It gets signups and whatnot. But my argument is for most of us who are interested in the right clients, we can't go that way. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't feel good. It feels out of integrity and it doesn't lead to prospective clients that are actually a good fit for what we do. So let's dig into that a bit because I want to get really practical too. Could you share a few tips on how we can start bringing this different style of writing into our business? Like how can we start writing our marketing this way? The first tip that I have for people is start to notice just on a very simple level, use what feels good in your body, in your system as your barometer of what you will and won't do to market your business. So you are your own best authority. Yes, there are great marketing experts out there like you, like me. But at the end of the day, I want everybody who's in business to run all the advice that they're seeing or even paying top dollar for, run it through your own system and say, does this feel good? Okay, can I, can I make a caveat here though? Because sometimes like if you're working with a coach or somebody, they're gonna try to push you out of your comfort zone. So how do you feel about that? Because I agree, it needs to feel aligned with you. You shouldn't do something that feels icky and out of alignment, I agree. But I think you also need to recognize that nuance of, is this just me not wanting to sell because I've never done it before and I'm freaking out? Yeah, so we should frame this whole thing as I'm not talking to people that are new in business for the most part. This is a more advanced conversation. This is a more nuanced conversation. And it's for people that know how to swim. So if you're new in business, the way that I think about it to answer your question is you need to check in with yourself and say, does this not feel good because I'm being asked to stretch beyond my comfort zone, right? There's that hero's journey again. Am I being asked to do something or to look at something that is new and unfamiliar? And so I'm trying to push it away because I want to stay in the comfort zone. For newbies, you need to understand that because that will happen. You know, we all need to learn how to talk to people and ask for money if we're in business. That's the name of the game. But there's this other thing that happens, especially when people have been in business for two, three, four, five, six, ten years, where they will hire coaches or marketing professionals who just say, yeah, this is how you do Facebook ads or yeah, this is how you do an email sales funnel. And if that does not sit well with you as the business owner, because it feels out of, I don't know, out of alignment, you just need to say, is it because I'm being asked to do something new and different that is causing me to stretch outside my comfort zone? Or do I have some sort of ethical or um, alignment problem Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. And that's that key distinction will, I think, clear up a lot of the confusion. Mm -hmm. That's great. Okay, so we start off by when we want to do something new in our marketing, we do a gut check just to make sure that it's not, we don't get the uh feeling. Yes, absolutely. And just noticing that and also studying when you get, when you see marketing, what makes you go, Ugh, I don't like the way that they're treating me. Unsubscribe. <laughs> like you don't need to follow them. Don't follow or subscribe to anyone's email list that you don't want to become like, right? And then secondly, notice whose message resonates with you. So one thing I talk a lot about with business owners and coaches and healers is this idea of what resonates. Who do you see out there that you're like, this feels good? And not that sort of heat of the moment, oh my gosh, if I don't buy this tonight, the price is going to get jacked up 1500 bucks. Not that sort of like mania 
feeling, but this grounded, like who is treating you with respect? Who's honoring your decision-making process? You know, there's a lot of tactics, high-pressure sales tactics out there at this point around, and I was trained in them. So again, this is not making about making people wrong or bad. Like I have done these too. I'm just sharing what I, my experience has been on my journey. You know, I was trained in don't hang up the phone until they make a decision. And if you get a sales objection, like I need to talk to my husband about this, I was trained to set up another call, possibly with the husband and the person I was talking to, or to coach my prospective client on what to say to her husband Mm -hmm. to get the sale. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And again, sales training too. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I actually believe there's just, it's all about evolution. And we're at this point, you know, you and I have both been doing this for a while. The conversation is changing in the wellness space, in the online marketing space. Like people are getting more savvy and also more frustrated and fed up with these high pressure sales tactics. Like I believe we've got market saturation at this point and we're going to start seeing like people eating their own. Like it's just starting to spin in on itself and the center can't hold. So I think this is why having a nice escape hatch on the side for those of us who are like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good to treat people like that. Let's experiment and see other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So could you share a couple more tips, just how we can bring that into our writing? Because I just, yeah, love this absolutely. Idea. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I would recommend is look at who your ideal client is. Many of these problems around manipulating people or using these tactics is because we haven't necessarily pinpointed who our ideal client is. And so specifically, you want to look at if you are not new to business, if you've been in business for a while, you know what kinds of clients you like to work with, simply just write a list of like four or five characteristics of the clients that you really enjoy working with. What do they all have in common? And the three things to to really think about is one, psychographics. So how do these people think? What are they open to? Like in the health and wellness space, are these people that are already going to yoga retreats or meditation classes, like some sort of behavioral markers? So those are psychographics. Secondly, you want to look at demographics. One of the things that I find I ask my clients all the time is what are the job titles of the people that you are looking to connect with and bring into your business as clients? And this obviously doesn't work for everybody because sometimes you're working with people that don't necessarily have like a professional identity or whatnot. But I find a lot of people, especially in service and helping professions, tend to get bogged down in the psychographics. And the psychographics can be helpful because they let you know, like this person already exercises and loves to eat kale, right? But sometimes it's hard to know where to look for that ideal client, either online or in person, if you don't have kind of more of a grounding criteria, like what is the demographic of that person? So, and I don't tend to get too um, specific. There's, There's people that approach this ideal client stuff in a quite analytical way, and they do a lot of research and they do a lot of like exercises with people. I tend to be more of a broad brushstrokes, like get a feel, get a sense for it kind of gal. One way is not better than the other. It's just how your brain, dear listener, processes information. So just know that. So we've got psychographic, demographic. And then for many 
folks, and this is a new one, I just started teaching this, but it seems to be helpful for people, is geographic. And where do these people live that you would like to connect with as clients? And the reason I think this is helpful is that there's some people that are exclusively looking to build a client base offline in their community, right? Parenting coaches, wellness coaches, maybe you like running groups, maybe you're doing some corporate classes or training programs in companies, and really your aspiration or your vision for your business is, is local or regional. Totally cool. But that will give you a clue about where you should spend your time marketing your business. And it can also help you kind of cut free some of the marketing strategies and tactics that aren't helpful for you. You know, there are those of us, and I assume you and I are in the same boat, that we work with people around the world. Like we're really tapped into the internet and we travel and we work with people everywhere. Again, that's really helpful. And what happens for more seasoned business owners is often you'll notice there's like, you know, I'm working with a fair number of people right now that love working online. However, they're feeling called to be more in doing in-person talks and being with people in the room live and in person because there's just magic that happens when you're in a room with people and you can see each other face to face and you can get the feel or the sense of the transformation. So sometimes that geographical piece about our ideal client can help us clarify where our heart's really at and where we're feeling alive so that we can make some powerful decisions about where we're going to spend our time or our focus. So getting clear on who your ideal client is and just writing down a couple bullet points to help you see that. And then the shortcut that can help people when they're doing this is a couple things. One, you can think about your favorite client and write just describe her in five bullet points, psychographic, demographic, geographic. Do that for a couple clients. If you've got a couple clients that are your favorites, you can also get on the phone and just ask for a quick 10 or 15 minute conversation with some of your favorite clients. Just do a quick interview of them to make sure that you're clear about what they see as the value of working with you. And this is really powerful. And a lot of people that are newer in business feel a little shy about doing this because they don't, they've never really had that kind of relationship with their client where they're talking about marketing or growing their business. But there's certain things that can only be revealed when we ask questions of our clients in conversation and then zip our lips and mm -hmm. listen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is so true. Yeah. So I... Yeah. So in my book, actually, there's a whole section on doing those market research interviews where you actually get people on the phone and then you don't talk very much. You just listen. They, Good. No one ever wants to do them. I don't even ever want to do them. And every time I do, I'm just like, wow, this is solid gold. That's how you figure out what people really want. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> So that too is a good tip. And then just think about, okay, in exchange for their time and their insight, like what can you like maybe it's a handwritten note that you say, hey, thanks so much for that. Or maybe you can give them like an extra, some, like a little something, something to just acknowledge. And that's relationship building. So that's really powerful. Well, we're kind of starting to run low on time, which is crazy because I feel like we just scratched the surface of talking about copywriting with more authenticity. Do you have just a couple quick writing tips or some advice? Because I know a lot of people start to feel stuck when they sit down to write their marketing. Yeah. So I gave you the the idea of how to write a headline coming from a different place. Some people that works for other people, it doesn't. I've got two big tips for you. One is don't write your marketing alone. 
this is when I, uh, I created my right club community two years ago, I guess two and a half years ago now, because what I noticed was that people, those of us who are creating marketing in community and have people that are smart, that are out there on the skinny branches, like actually doing things and putting their marketing out there, we have a leg up over people that are trying to create marketing by themselves in their own heads. When I studied my creative process and how I got came up with great headlines, it wasn't actually through my own thinking. It was through me talking to my accountability buddies, talking to colleagues, talking to clients, and showing my half-finished work to people before I felt ready to put it out into the world. And I would just say, hey, this is as far as I can get this thing. What do you think? Mm-hmm. This too is relationship building. And what often comes back from people is way better than you could have actually created for yourself. So don't write alone, like find one other person or a group of other people to share your work in development because it will help you course correct faster. And the other thing is like, it'll help you avoid like those high stakes projects where you work on things furiously and you devote all sorts of time to it and then you launch and it doesn't work and you have no idea why. Mm -hmm. Typically that's because you've been in isolation and you haven't had enough feedback and you haven't had people be able to say, you know what, I don't actually want that. So that's one. And then the second tip I have is take the pressure off yourself to make it perfect out of the first go. So one of the things we practice in my community is called shut up and write, which is basically sign yourself up on your calendar for a regular 30 to 90 minute writing session every week. It's at the same time come heck or high water where you sit down to write your marketing. And this coupled with showing people your work before it's finished and ready to be launched in real life is a powerful combination. Mm. It's what I call iterative learning, which is you're not going to get everything right the first time you do something. But over time, if you keep sticking with it, you keep shutting up and writing, you keep showing your half-baked work for feedback and insights and notes from other people, you're going to get better at it over time. But most people just give up too soon because they're working alone and they're not being consistent and actually cranking out the marketing. Oh, thank you so much. This has been really eye-opening, actually, I think, and refreshing to, to hear that maybe we don't have to write those clickbaity headlines. I'm sure everyone out there is feeling so much better. <laughs> so Stella, tell us, tell us where people can find you, connect with you, work with you. Where can people get in touch? Yep, absolutely. So you can find me at StellaOrange.com. And for those of you that are interested, I do have a position paper that I just wrote a couple months ago with this sort of flavor and then some other great tips. It's called The New Marketing how to create clients for your coaching or healing business without feeling icky, gross, or manipulative. And you can find that on the websites too. It's totally free. It just sounds the bugle. Like we're not going to write these awful clickbaity things. <laughs> and here's how to start doing it the, the new marketing way. Awesome. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes so it's easy for people to access. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Stella. It was really awesome. Oh, my pleasure to be with you, Amanda. Thanks again for the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I hope that really gave you a fresh perspective on how you can approach your own marketing and copywriting in your business. I know it's really opened up some new ideas for me and and some potential of what I want to create in the future, which is really exciting. So I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And you can always come join us in our Wellpreneur Community Facebook group, 
which is totally free to join. And there's over 2000 Wellpreneurs who listen to the podcast, who are building their business, who are sharing like not only business tips, but life tips and health and wellness tips and come hang out with us over there. It's called the Wellpreneur community and you just need to click to join and we'll let you in. So have a fantastic week and maybe we'll see a lot of new marketing writing going on this week. That would be exciting, right? You can come share that with us in the Facebook group too. So have a fantastic week and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode. Thank you.